0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back again with all of our listeners and to have the opportunity to open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, read a little bit further, study some more, and learn some more of God's teachings, and try to come to a better understanding of how He wants us to live our lives before Him, because His Word guides us in His will. How blessed we are to have the Bible, and we should never take it for granted We should always be diligent students of God's word because, again, it is our guidebook from the throne room in heaven. It is our manual for living life in this world so that we can ultimately be with God in eternity and have eternal life with him. We want to encourage you to tell others about Search the Scriptures. Guide them, encourage them to listen on a daily basis if they're able. Now, we know that not everybody has the opportunity to tune in to the program at the times that it is being broadcast, even though it is broadcast several times a day. But encourage them to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And if they will scroll down the home page to the podcast button, they can click on that And within about one minute, they can sign up for our podcasting. Now, that's all free. The website is free. The podcasting is free. It always will be free. And when they sign up for our podcasting, all of our sermons, all of our Bible classes, and a great short 12-minute daily study called Today's Bible Class, plus all of these radio programs every day. Will automatically come to their device whichever device they choose their smartphone their computer their laptop their pad their tablet whatever smart device they choose all of these radio programs and all of those other teaching and study materials will automatically go to their device on a daily basis so tremendous opportunity and again it's all free so encourage everybody and you can do this yourself go to our website at churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button. And in that way, help others begin to grow in their faith before God. Because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And prayerfully and hopefully, you can help them come to that point where they realize and then act upon their need to come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation as they're baptized into him, confessing their faith and repenting of their sins. As they're baptized, the blood that Christ shed on the cross will cleanse them of their sins, and they will be made new. They will be reborn. They will become, in the most important sense, a true child of God. So, help them along that line. We're going to finish this particular segment of our study on God's grace today. We have been looking at the whole subject of grace, God's grace, from several different perspectives. And in this particular segment, we're talking about Jesus Christ being the fulfillment of God's grace. Now, I talked about how when it comes to the whole concept of love you can't hardly define love in words and really get all of its depth of meaning across how do you define love people talk about love in different ways but of course in its most profound understanding how do you put that into words and and really get it across in its absolute fullness well, I've come to understand that the best way to define love in its fullness is just G-O-D, God. It's just as John the Apostle wrote in his first recorded letter in Scripture. God is love. God is love. You take God out of the picture, and we've got a problem understanding what love really is. But God is love. And the same thing applies to grace. How do you define grace? How do you explain it in its fullness, and its depth? G-O-D. God is grace. Now, what is the ultimate fulfillment and personification of God's grace? Jesus Christ. When God sent his son into this world as the savior, bringing the gospel message of salvation and going to that cross and dying to pay the price for the guilt of our sins as the ultimate perfect one time for all time sacrifice, that was the ultimate fulfillment and personification of God's grace. We've been focusing on how some people misunderstand and misapply. John chapter 1 and verse 17, where John the Apostle wrote, The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so some people look at that verse and they seem to say, Christ brought law to an end we're only under grace and truth now In fact, I'm afraid that a whole lot of them Even kind of minimize the truth part and they want to say we're just under God's grace. That's all well Did grace not exist and the idea seems to be that that Christ brought grace into the world God's grace always existed in this world and was continually exhibited to mankind and demonstrated. And we've talked about that. Going back to the Garden of Eden in the days of Noah, when God sent Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, when God continually forgave israel as they repented of their unfaithfulness their ungodliness on an ongoing basis forgiving them accepting their repentance giving them another chance more time all the way up until the coming of christ that's all god's grace the prophecies of the coming savior throughout the old testament Those are all prophecies of God's grace. And those prophecies were given by his grace. The Bible itself, the word of God, is a product of God's grace. And so, in sending Christ to the cross, that was not the first time that God's grace was exhibited to mankind or the first time that God's grace came upon the face of this earth? No, Jesus came as the fulfillment of all of those prophecies. As the Savior, as the Messiah, Jesus came as the fulfillment of God's grace. He went to that cross just as God had prophesied for the first time back in Genesis 3 and verse 15 in the garden and then over and over and over and over and over again, literally, throughout the prophecies of the Old Testament. And then when Christ came into this world, he fulfilled all of those prophecies in minute detail. He came as the fulfillment of God's grace. So God's grace in this world was not new. Jesus came as the fulfillment of God's grace. Now, the second question. So that first question was, was there no grace in Old Testament times? Well, we've answered that emphatically. The second question, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Was God's truth not in existence, in existence and not inherent in Old Testament times? On the night of his betrayal, what did Jesus pray? Part of that prayer, the 17th chapter of John. He went into great detail praying for his apostles, but also for those who would follow him through their teachings. In verse 17 of John chapter 17, he prayed to the Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now, is the Old Testament the word of God? Of course it is over and over it declares itself to be the word of god in exodus chapter 3 and verse 7 and the lord said and then he's talking to moses in chapter 8 and verse 1 and the lord spoke to moses and there's the scripture to follow in verse 20 and the lord said to moses and then the scripture follows. We could look at those examples throughout the Old Testament. It unabashedly, without embarrassment, not beating around the bush whatsoever, declares itself to be the Word of God, the Word of truth. What did Jesus pray? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. In John chapter 8 and verse 32, what did Jesus say? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse verse 20. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 20 knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture. Now, where do we find a whole lot of prophecies of Scripture? A whole lot of them are in the Old Testament. Peter Peter wrote, No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit god guided those inspired writers to write down scripture scripture his word as he wanted them to write it so that it would be written down in truth going back to 1 peter chapter 1 and let's look at verse 22 peter wrote since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. The truth. Now, when Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, was he not referring to the Old Testament as well as to the New Testament? Because the Old Testament prophesied of him, his coming as the Savior. And so, of course, all of that is God's word. All of that is God's truth. Remember what the Apostle Paul exhorted in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. Be diligent. The King James Version says, Study to show yourself approved unto God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth, the word of truth, God's word. In the third chapter of Second Timothy, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, is the Old Testament scripture? Absolutely. Then it's God's word. Is God's word truth? No question about it. No question about it. Did Jesus Christ bring truth into this world for the first time? According to John 1 and verse 17, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ? Of course not. God's truth was already here all the time. Now, mankind did not always live by it, did not always follow it, did not always respect it but god's truth has always been here and it has been written down for thousands and thousands of years through his scriptures but again what who is what is jesus christ in relation to that truth he is the fulfillment of that truth The fulfillment of that truth as i've emphasized many times in teaching and preaching everything in the old testament from genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 all the way through the rest of the old testament all of those teachings basically points to the coming of christ the savior all of those teachings and all that God did to bring about that time when Christ would come that exhibited his grace and his truth when Christ came he came as the fulfillment of God's grace and the fulfillment of God's truth he is the fulfillment the personification of God's grace and truth. And that's how we ought to understand John chapter 1 and verse 17. So Christ is the ultimate fulfillment, the personification of God's truth. In Ephesians chapter 3 verses 3 through 7, Paul wrote, Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, that is, dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Remember what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, Christ is the fulfillment of God's grace. Christ is the fulfillment of God's truth. What he had the writers write down by inspiration, by guidance of the Holy Spirit, about all of those prophecies of the coming savior and christ came to fulfill those prophecies jesus came not just to bring salvation to people in new testament times he came as the savior of all mankind in old testament times as well as new testament times In Romans chapter 3 beginning with verse 23 all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance notice this God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. He's talking about the sins of the people in Old Testament times. They could be counted as forgiven or passed over because God was sending Christ into the world as the Savior. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 15 And for this reason, he, that is Christ, is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, and that's the Old Testament law of Moses, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Christ came to redeem mankind to bring to be that sin offering for the sins of people in Old Testament times as well as in New Testament times. In Romans chapter 5 beginning with verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, referring back to Adam in the garden, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, referring to Christ, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Like clicking enter on a computer keyboard. Christ came to bring into full effect the purpose of God's grace communicated through the truth of his word. Christ is the fulfillment of God's grace. And that should encourage us beyond words and every day of our lives. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for loving us so much. Thank you for wanting to, wanting to be our Heavenly Father as we would come to you by your grace through Jesus Christ as your Son and our Lord and Savior, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in Him, and being baptized into Him for the remission of our sins. And at that point, you promising to save us by your grace. Thank you for the truth of your word that lays all of this out, whereby we can have confidence of our salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending your Son to be the fulfillment of your grace for us and all mankind and the fulfillment of the truth of all the promises contained in your word. Praise and glory and honor be to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer in his name. Amen.